they will matter. Building bigger and better things, having more, more influence and more power and more, uh, and more resource so that we can do things that matter. And then what ends up happening is the very things that we pursue, they begin to capture our hearts. They begin to become like idols to us. They begin to feel like they determine our value. And so then what we begin to do is we chase after them no longer because it matters, but because it matters to us, because it means something to us. And before you know it, you wake up one day and here's what you realize you're doing. You're actually building an entire life to guard a retirement and to have enough to retire well, to have some fun while you do it, and to give a little back to the generation before so they can get good college educations, so they can get good jobs, so that they can make enough money to do what? To retire well and do the same. And you're like, hold on, hold on. That does not sound like where I started. So you know what we do then? We create bucket lists. We do. I'm going to jump out of a plane. I'm going to go to Australia. I'm going to scuba dive. I'm, I'm something. You know, you will have bucket lists now. That's kind of what we do here in the land of opportunity. And so then we pursue our bucket lists because they feel like they're more meaningful. And, and then we watch scenes like this and something in us cries out and says, yes, yes, that's it. I don't want to live this life that I know is going to come to an end and find out it was relatively meaningless. I want it to be full of meaning. And that's why these scenes resonate so deeply with us because we live in an environment that promises opportunity and yet even in it, the tension we live in is that that opportunity doesn't become enough to give us what our souls so desperately long for. This is exactly the same tension that the church in Corinth was living in. The people of the city of Corinth, of Corinth the Corinthians, they were living in the church with the same tension you and I face in this cultural context. You see, Corinth was a city of opportunity. It was a city that had grown very quickly in the Roman Empire. It was one of the top cities to go and live in if you were looking for opportunity. It was a transient city because it was on a route and so there was a lot of opportunity there for making money in the exchange of goods and, and, and resources. And because people were transient in Corinth, uh, there was a lot of what happens in Corinth stays in Corinth. And whenever you have a city like that, it presents uh, an opportunity for entertainment, right? Because you can entertain people in any way that they want to be because the secrets remain there. And so if you were into uh, making money, moving forward, gaining power, becoming, becoming someone, Corinth was one of the places to do it. It was into this environment where a bunch of people from Corinth had been chasing after the same things we in our cultural context often chase after. And Paul arrives on his second church planting journey, comes down Macedonia, lands in Corinth, and preaches the gospel, right? And what is the gospel? The good news of Jesus. It says God came to do what? To rescue our souls, to make us alive when we were dead as souls. Not only that, but he also came to redeem our future, to give us life eternal so that we are not damned, but so that we have life. 
And wait for it, he also came to, to restore our purpose, our created purpose, to know God and to make him known, which was impossible when our soul was dead. So there is what the gospel came to communicate to the people of Corinth, as it has to many of us. And to that, the people connected, as many of us have. Wow, this is extraordinary. This is great news. This is amazing. And they experienced the gospel. They, they formed a biblical community, and in that biblical community that we know as, uh, uh, as the church, Paul began to disciple the people of Corinth, and he began to work with them to show 